It's a bitch hunt. 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 Tell me about what you're eating, Will. Uh, I'm eating a salad. The salad is comprised of some spinach, okay. some sautéed or fried tofu uh, that's been heavily seasoned with salt and pepper, uh-huh. uh, some sautéed uh, nuts, basically. Uh, <laughs> Wait, well, uh, what, like are, what is a, basically a nut? How is it not a nut? Uh, it's, it's basically a nut. I, it's that that raises so variety. many questions. So it is a nut. It's an almond. Is it yeah. a legume? <laughs> it could be a legume as well. I'm pretty sure almonds are nuts. You could have just said almonds. Um, the suspense is... Some tomatoes. Sorry, I was turning <laughs> up the gain on my mic a little bit. That's okay. And, um, yeah, and, and like a, a balsamic vinaigrette. Uh, that's about it. That sounds very healthy and like pretty gross oh it's also it's especially gross because it's like a week old i'm having the leftover version of what i just ate or just what i just made why because there was more in my fridge i wanted to roll over to the you know the most recent (laughs) version is this something that you eat like like pretty regularly well probably like once a week what's so gross about it it's not that when it's did, gross. When did the first batch start? <laughs> like, how long has this leftover train <laughs> been on the tracks? I'm not noticing any. I'm not noticing any mold on it. So that's that's good. There's that. I think that a, a finely aged tofu is actually a little bit better. It's like more cultured. Yeah. Both like in terms of cultural significance and <laughs> like yeast cultures. <laughs> Well, yeah, speaking of yeast cultures, that sounds like a group of people that might rise into being after an apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> well, hold on. Hold on now. So so this is all going to be part of the episode. We've, we've decided that now. Uh, apparently. <laughs> um, the thing that's... I think... I think we should probably introduce... I, I thought you were going to say, speaking of culture... Our cultural, uh, we have a, a esteemed cultural guest this week. We do. He I is, was going to uh, say, speaking of people with a yeast infection, <laughs> we have our esteemed guest. <laughs> yeah, speaking of, of cultures, the, the yogurt of human beings is here in the studio with us today. And I mean that with the utmost respect, because I love yogurt. Um... I guess we'll just we'll just go out and say it. In honor of our tenth episode, we have uh, invited on a very special guest, uh, and that very special guest is none other than Ted Meyer. Uh, hi guys, thank you for uh, having me on. Uh, it's an honor to be compared to uh, yogurt. I've always thought of myself as uh, cold and goopy, so um, that's kind of what I'm trying to bring to the table here. I was thinking more of like like tangy and. Not mutually and, exclusive. <laughs> I guess not. Not mutually Tangy exclusive and moist. Tangy and moist. I, I can be all of these things, mm. guys, and more. Like filled um, with dairy. Thanks for giving me a chance. <laughs> thanks for putting me in, coach. 
no back sense, when you were you. A, a younger man a little bit more fun for the teens you you came out of like a little a little tube you could you could squeeze squeeze you right out like like gogurt but as he's grown older he's become plain and greek yeah now now yeah yeah, yeah. for a while uh what's her name jamie lee uh, curtis jamie lee curtis <laughs> <laughs> liked to pedal pedal this boy uh-huh. because he was so probiotic and good for her gut he is he's good for everybody's gut she's good for a pedal let me tell you <laughs> That I feel like that's double entendre. Oh. No, I mean, she's a good saleswoman. Oh, okay. She sold me. She sold me on on uh, Halloween. Yeah, she sold me on Halloween too. I don't think she was in Halloween too. <laughs> she, actually, uh, I think she is actually. I was trying to. I was trying. I to think make she. It funny. I feel like she sat out Halloween too, and but it is definitely there in some other later ones. She came back for. Uh, the 25th anniversary one, right? The Halloween uh, 2-0 or whatever? Yeah, oh, I 20th, think it was the 20th, 20th anniversary. anniversary. She, had a, uh, she had a season-long guest stint on the, the Naval Criminal Investigative Services. Is that uh, better known that watch, colloquially Will? as NCIS. You watch that? Uh, Liz really is into it, and oh. I was at first ironically into it, and... Now it's kind of become it's become genuine. It's like a it's like a fun adult kids show, you know, in that it's like it's kind of like a cartoon in certain ways. Yeah, I feel it, that. Uh, how many crimes can people get up to on the sea? That's the thing. Well, well yeah, I mean, I mean, the idea is Aquaman. like they investigate of- any post or current uh, naval officers. So there are some that take place on land. Many. Uh, many years after they they've become land bound, so gotten their it, land it, legs back. So it could be an an entirely uh, landlubber based money yeah. laundering scheme or something like that. Yeah, that just seems. And wrong. there's like no water even in sight. They typically don't that, go after white collar crime because you know it's a these procedurals are more about the the sultry stuff. You know, sure the kill oh. the killing and the the sex crimes and things. You know. I don't wouldn't but, necessarily call that sultry. But. Well, also, our justice system doesn't really punish white-collar crime anyway, so... True yeah, that. that's true. It's just aiming for accuracy. <laughs> yeah. It's as true to life as possible, except for the whole Navy part. I mean, I feel like if I went I into heard a it was show, a documentary, actually. Ted, I don't think it is. I think you're yanking my chain right now. I don't appreciate it. What I was but to, say, though, to answer that- your initial question, there are many, many ways people die. Like, I think the most recent episode I saw, someone was decapitated by a mechanical garrote that, like, <laughs> so they, like, found her and she was, like, almost being choked by a thing. And then it, like, because it was jammed, like, she was still alive. But then it, like, decapitated her, like, once they tried to move her into the ambulance. That's pretty horrifying. Yeah, it was pretty. It was it, so, it was pretty gnarly for an NCIS episode. A mechanical garrot is like a gar- It's like something that's <laughs> intended to be a garrot, or just like something that it was is intended mechanical. to be a garrot. Yeah, that's yeah. Grisly, it was more man. of a Please. NC seventeen IS, if you know what that? I mean. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what else is NC seventeen? <laughs> what Jacob? Movies sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. And guess what? That's what our podcast is about, is pitching movies. Will, you got it.
Should we do? Does Ted know what this podcast is about? Should we? Should we show him the ropes a little bit? That'd be really helpful, guys. Uh, I know that you have a, a, a pretty developed system built up here. <laughs> <laughs> it's highly technical, Ted. I think we need to give some more background on Ted about how much of an expert he is and how he comes from an esteemed uh, neighboring school of of movie pitching. We're more the the North Atlantic pitchers, and he's he's more of like a more of a West Coast pitcher. I'm not sure I follow I, well. Yeah, I'm not following at all. Maybe yeah. we should start pitching things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I wanted to okay, help you fine. there, Will, but I, just, I, wanted, uh, I, I wanted to dive into the rich fiction. Of there was Tesla. a there was a bit bus that like drove past the station, and none of us got on it, unfortunately. Will, right. was, Will was the solo conductor. And uh, in reality, Ted needs no help because he came in with a fully fleshed out pitch, is what I've heard. Well, look, you know, like, like I just called up, got called up from AAA. I want to make an impression. By the end of this episode, Ted is going to be the sole host of Pitch Hunt. <laughs> we have a deep farm team on the Pitch Hunt, and that's where Ted comes from. I, when I was talking about the different schools of pitching, I, that was just, that was, I was lying to you. But was- now I'm telling the truth, and the truth is, we, we actually ship pitchers up from the minor leagues. That's right. We also have various farm teams in foreign countries like Japan and Argentina and um, Don't forget about Italy. And Italy, yes. Uh I mean, you guys have cut thousands of episodes with recruits who didn't weren't good enough. Yeah. You honestly Yeah, and we will cut this, this one if you're not uh, good enough. That's what enough. I'm saying. That's why I came prepared. I'm fully expecting to cut this because as as you said, we've recorded thousands of episodes trying to find uh, a great guest, and all of them have been terrible. So I'm not going to say that the the pressure's on Ted, but uh, you could be gone within like the first three words of your pitch if you don't get us. <sighs> well, let's just get it over with then. I mean, I can't be sweating bullets here for you know all afternoon. One thing, guys, is that Ed, did we discuss the what the the premise the, the topic <laughs> of this episode is? Wow. Okay. Yeah, I, <laughs> I tried to lead us into this episode about ten minutes ago. <laughs> It wasn't, I mentioned apocalyptic films. It wasn't, it wasn't ready and, to and leave the And then we the went nest. on an NCIS rant, and, and I don't know what happened. The, the, the pitches weren't ready to leave the nest yet. We needed to, to push them a little bit more. But uh, let me just amend that to say that more specifically than apocalyptic, it's more, more ap- post-apocalyptic. So, Ted, if you're ready. Um, okay, guys. Uh, so, in this movie, the apocalypse happened... Um, I'm just gonna start by like kind of laying out the the yeah. please the, the world. Right, yeah, I'll try to be like quick. But so um, don't 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 don't. This this apocalypse happened a long time ago, and it's not really that important. Like what it was, it's kind of a Fury Road situation. Like I'm already in. Lots of people are dead. Like the climate is pretty blasted. Like I would shoot this in like Texas or something like that. How um, about like how about like Mars? Classic hellhole. That would work too. <laughs> okay. Might be a little um, more expensive. Yeah, I don't know what the and also, situation is like on Mars. Me, me neither. Okay. Sorry, I, I'm not. Like, I'm, I feel like I failed. I didn't know the answer to a question. <laughs> on pitch it's, okay. it's okay, Ted. No, right. Ted, Ted. It's okay, Ted. All right. All right. Oh, I'm Ted, stressed. We believe stressed in you. Whew. Okay. Okay. So. You're too um, blessed to be stressed, Ted. What? So, mm, 
the population in general is just like way lower than it, it used to be. And most people live in these sort of subterranean, um, kind of small bunker, not even cities, but just like little towns, like kind of like in like Terminator Salvation. Sure. The best Terminator. Um, that's yes, uh, uh, directed by Mick G, our best director, um, <laughs> as everybody knows. The best Mick director uh, since Steve McQueen, I guess. I guess Steve what about McQueen. Steve McSpielberg? Steve McSpielberg uh, was a failed idea, right. a failed promotion by McDonald's uh, okay. that never really panned out. The Hamburglar <laughs> movie never should have been made. <laughs> I'll go to my grave. I disagree. I think a Hamburglar movie was great. And then the real thing was that Burger King thought it was going to be a huge hit, and then we had to deal with the Whopper. Oh my god! <laughs> terrible movie. Don't even get me started on oh, Whopper Junior Directed by Origins. Zach McSnyder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry. All right. Um, so Terminator, okay. Ter- Terminator Salvation. The, these bunker cities. Bunkers, and so um, cities. The key apocalyptic element of this world is that there is a disease that is spread through all... It, it, it can only be spread by, like, living thing to living thing contact. It's not airborne, but it has infected every single living thing on the surface. And so... Does that uh, <clears throat> imply that every living thing on the surface has made contact with another living thing? Like, there's no there's Well, no it's filthy... been it's been many, like, 50 or 60 years okay. since, and that's, like, like that's just what has happened. Um, so, but that's a question that's, in, that's interesting. Okay, okay. So there... At least there's no threat of the disease spreading further. We're past. No, there that. absolutely is. Oh. Um, that's like like a core like setup to how they like live in this bunker world. Um, what so is they the ve- c- I mean, you might be about to reveal this, but what is the vector by which this disease uh, spreads? Well, he, is it an he, airborne if you, disease? No, it's not an. <laughs> he, he already. He, <laughs> <laughs> Are you even listening, William? <laughs> It's not an airborne disease, you, but you can get it by contact with any other living thing that's been on the surface. Wait, are um, you saying that everything on the surface has had contact with everything Oh my god, Will. <laughs> Cur- Stop. Cur- All right. Stop! So, people, when, when they go outside, they have to go outside in these, like, really intense skin suits. Um, that and, and you can do that, but that prevents you from touching any, like, like an insect or a bird or any other animal. And um, <clears throat> Oh, that's so sad. It is sad. Um, and so, so wait, sorry, Ted. I, go ahead. Every living thing except for some of the humans have this. The the remains of human society that live exclusively in these subterranean settlements. Okay. And some of them don't have it. None of the humans have it. Anyway. No. Yeah. Okay. But otherwise, because it, it would kill crucial. you instantly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I was. Yeah. I was. I was yeah. a bit. I was a bit. So any scenes outside, that. which are there very few, are done in these like big skin scoots, okay. suits. Okay. Um, it. I love it. And um, ex- so most people live there, except for the barons, who Ooh. live in this gig- in these gigantic steel castles built like high into the cliff tops. Hell yeah! Um, <laughs> that are only like accessible by helipad very high up. Okay. Oh damn. Okay. Um, so and, and the barons control, um, or they they protect the bunker denizens by the grid, which is a system that is active like at, at all times in all bunker cities and that so when anybody enters or exits a bunker city it detects um if any other living thing comes in or out with it shit okay uh or comes in with it and okay. then they like 
if any human is caught, it acts like makes contact with another, um, another with an another animal. Critter. They they do become immediately sick, but they are um, incinerated. Well, they're they're always taken away by by the by the Baron's Mirth soldiers. Interesting. And do we so know like where the, they're taken? Like the or is that no, we world? we don't we don't know where they're taken. Oh boy. Oh and boy. so in this okay so. In this world, Gal Gadot is a member of a small, oh, yeah. like, resistance strike force yeah, in, uh, in the Bunker Cities. Okay. And the movie opens on a night raintime heist rate with the team raiding one of these steel castles. Oh, sounds um, dope. And so they're grappling up and they have these, and this is like a, a dream that I had like many years ago of this just like super cinematic scene that was these people like scaling a cliff top like of steel with these like boots, kind of like the gloves in Mission Impossible 4 where he's, oh yeah, like, they oh, have this yeah. like slidey sticky oh. thing and so they have these awesome metal boots and they're <laughs> climbing up the walls with them. Um, is Tom Cruise going to be every actor's stunt double? I, I'm sorry to, <laughs> look, I have a, I have a great cast in mind. <laughs> So they get they so they get to the top of the castle, um, and they get in. They they get to one of the helipads, which they know is going to be unused, and everybody takes off their masks. The team is led by Laura Fucking Dern. Um, <laughs> oh damn, <laughs> Laura Fucking Dern. Laura, She's going to so, have to beef up a little bit. Laura, Laura Dern is Laura Dern is like currently like maybe my favorite actress like i i am so in love with laura dern right now wow um so Is she's for, the, for any one specific role or just in um general? just the sum of like twin peaks the return and like space dern was really awesome yeah. in star wars yeah and, um, yeah, yeah i just saw her in big little lies um and i just think she's fantastic so ted Rick are you Cassie. saying that you like like her oh yeah i like yeah i mean romantically I'm just asking if you Look, like her. Look, if she's like good enough for Baron Davis, she's good enough for me. <laughs> but she seriously dated Baron Davis. She dated what? <laughs> Baron Davis? Yeah. Well, he was in the NBA? Uh, I, I think it was kind of... Re- I don't know when he retired. <laughs> he retired like... Uh, Is that why you chose to have Barons in your film, Ted? Oh, you know, I wonder. I, I don't know. Maybe subconsciously. Uh, that okay. is a really odd and fantastic piece of trivia, Ted. Thank you for bringing that to my attention. Anyways, I want to this. I I, I want to make sure I get to my twists, okay. which are great. Okay. Um, the other members of the team are <laughs> Michael Michael Shannon, uh-huh. Frank Grillo, okay, um, and Andrea Riseborough. Some fantastic character actors. Yep. And so the heist team are looking for a thing that Laura Dern has like told them is like their mission. Okay. Um. Uh, which they think, which is located in this castle, which they think is a lab uh-huh. that has a cure for the animal disease that the barons keep to themselves oh. or an antidote. And so, while they're looking for this lab, they are, or while they're in this lab, they're ambushed and they have like a really intense firefight, um, like crazy lights, uh-huh. like steam flying everywhere. No, I, I don't want to. You got a lot of momentum going, and I don't want to steal it. Nope, but like, go ahead. what what is the weapon system looking like in this post apocalyptic world? Um, guns, like like straight, <laughs> like like I mean, just real, like cooler guns, like weird designs, but uh-huh. like they're it's bullets. Are they like, like steampunky? Yeah, we'll say yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Do they go pew? But pew? I mean, I, it's, they, it's, do, I'm thinking Ted, a little more pew, like pew? Book of Eli shit. Do, do they go pew pew, Ted? They'll go pew pew. <laughs> All right. I, yeah. Thanks for not pew-pewing my idea. <laughs> no, I... I <laughs> Let's try to keep the puns to a minimum here, Will. Okay. So during the firefight, Michael Shannon is is killed. No! Uh, yeah. Um, 
without even being properly utilized. Well, we'll see. Um, okay. Oh, okay. oh and, he comes back. Well, ah. um, and so at the same, um, <laughs> in during the firefight in like a particularly trippy lights and smoke sequence, uh-huh. Gal Gadot sees what she thinks is a puppy. Oh my god. Um, Ted, is this a John Wick sequel? <laughs> oh damn. Let's let's find out. Shit. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, and so sorry the remain the rest of the twist. team gets their suits back on barely <laughs> and they run down and they escape like running down the thing without grapples. They just run down with their their, their sticky boots. That sounds like very shooting risky. up at the uh, mercenaries Jesus. behind them. It's going to be a great action scene. Okay. So they go back to their bunker town which is called Purgatory, Texas. Purgatory, um, Texas. Oh, dang. Nice. And so they, this kind of, they're re-entering the thing. Will establish like the grid and like how the skin suits work and shit like that. Right. And then how they far have like is purgatory from where I am in Austin, Ted. <laughs> there is no Austin in, anymore in this world, Luke. So it's kind of an irrelevant question. So it's purgatory. It- <laughs> Austin could be purgatory. It could. I, fair enough. How many? Yeah. Food, how many abandoned food? That trucks makes are me there? excited. Are there like? Is it more like Gulf there- Coast or, or Panhandle? Where, 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 where are we talking in Texas, Tedley? Uh, Central. Uh, like like West Desert, Texas. Okay. All right. Yeah. I can see it. And so they have like a little regroup meeting and Gal Gadot asks Laura Dern about the puppy and Laura Dern is like, girl, you must have been straight tripping. Um, <laughs> <laughs> We're getting Tedly acting here, too. <laughs> I want um, you to just read the rest of the script now. Just yeah, like, Ted, have you written a full screenplay? <laughs> No, I. All right, guys. So like, like, um, let, let, let me. Let no, me, I'm. We're impressed. Yeah, we're, we're impressed. here for it. Yeah. I. I mean, it. I. I know. I thought about. I spent like an hour and a half thinking about it, and I have like a. I have, a, I have quite a bit of an outline here. It could not possibly have gotten a better first guest, and by which I mean one thousand and first guest. Right. Lucky one thousand and one, they say. Lucky number eleven thousand and one. So Gal goes home after this mission, and she lives alone with her kid brother, okay. um, who's, who's played by Louis Circus from the Kid Who Would Be King. I was trying to think of a fresh kid that I liked. Nice. And I thought, now, of, of what the, role did he play? He was the kid who would be king. Oh, he was the kid. Yeah, the oh, kid is like okay. thirteen or fourteen. Right. Yeah, he's like Louis a boy. Circus. For those of you, which I know is both of you who haven't seen the kid will be king. Is uh, Andy Serkis's son, oh, and he kind of he like totally looks like yeah him. he does yeah he so looks he's like... made out of a suit and ping pong balls attached to it <laughs> exactly <laughs> yes, yes exactly he just yeah. it's uncanny he looks exactly like Gollum but a yeah. little younger he has he has grayish green skin and about four teeth <laughs> yeah and does he say hair. fucking prawns wait that was Andy Serkis wasn't it no <laughs> no that was <laughs> that was Charlotte Copley. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! I'm getting I'm getting my South Africans mixed up. He was the scary Andy, South African. Andy in, is he plays not South he African. plays a South African in um, the Marvel in Black Panther. Universe. That, yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, I just I I I, I have really, him envisioned as a scary South African. In those are, okay, sorry. Okay. Um, I I gotta I gotta all right. I gotta zoom ahead a little bit. Okay, so <laughs> their parents are gone. They were. Um, they were engineers, but they unfortunately got some bugs on them or something oh, while they no. were outside, and so they got taken away many years ago. So she looks after him, and when Gal falls asleep, perspective kind of switches to the kid. Okay. And he has, like, from his uh, parents' engineering shit, this little, like, AI drone thing that helps him up. And, I, you know, nice. voiced by, I don't know, Paul Bettany? 
Yeah. <laughs> Ted, you knew exactly. You knew exactly. You said, I don't know, Paul Bettany. You know exactly that it was going to be Paul Bettany that whole time. Well, it's, I mean, it's, you know, a it's, little, too it's a little Jarvis. It's too it's perfect. It's a little like a little Jarvis drone sure. thing that he hangs out with. Sure. Um, and this drone thing, and this is like important to, the, you know, is, will be, is, is, is like pretty powerful. And this, this little AI system, it can, um, manipulate the grid and like switch it on and off at certain times and so the kid um what he does sometimes is he turns off the grid late at night and he goes out in his skin suit by himself with his drone just to like mess around outside at night um that sounds very dangerous so he's just like an inquisitive rapscallion he doesn't really have an agenda beyond his own curiosity yeah he's just it's a it's a boy's adventure you know it's a boy's night out yeah but just one boy yeah a, a boy night out well and he's got his little ai friend well, AI, I don't think, has a gender, Ted. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> well, we, yeah, we could get into it, but I want, I want Tedley to go ahead. Right. So, um, they enter a new part of the grid and turn it off, and this causes one, a drone. There are lots of drones that are the Baron's drones flying overhead to crash. Sure, sure. Um, and so they go, they go there, and um, they, go, they go to the site of the crash, and the whole crew... Has been killed. They see that the crew isn't wearing clothes, like skin suits. Like Any they clothes, do. Ted? Well, n- well, they could. It could be are that. They in, are they in their birthday suits, Ted? They're they're wearing some clothes. Oh, but they're not wearing the skin suits. And so they 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 see that, and they also see that there's a puppy. Oh my God! Oh. It's the puppy, Ted. It's it's a puppy. Is and it so, the puppy? No, Ted is not it the same puppy. It's a puppy. Oh my god! And so he has this little like transparent but like um, disease sealed box that he can put it in, and so he takes it home. Okay. And then. So like an aquarium. Yeah, but the grid would detect that oh. if he brought a living thing in. So he turns the things up, the things off as he goes in, and then keeps it off only in his house, and keeps the dog like in a box there. Ted, you've uh, you've created quite the dilemma because on the one hand. Puppies are awesome and very cute and deserve to be saved. But on the other hand, he is risking the lives of every last person. Yes. In that town. Yeah. And so also, that's going to be a really stinky box very soon. <laughs> well, so the thing is, yeah, is that like, is, is there's, newspaper still but there, there, this, so the there's, question. <laughs> there's kind of like a, I guess that could be, well, so what I was going to have in this middle part was uh-huh. like, some hijinks of like the dog like being in the house and like them kind of well so they Having eventually it. let it out of the box and they realize that it's not hurting them you know it's but just they just haven't so they pop. they actually try to touch it well eventually like i don't know like like he acts like the dog finds a way out of the box and like jumps up onto lewis circus's <sighs> well, bed think, and like starts licking him i think or exactly like what that. should happen is that this dog should get out and gal Gadot should not know about it yet and then there's this puppy that's in their house, and Gal Gadot is like trying desperately to get away from it because it is uh, potentially diseased and could kill her. And so there could be a hilarious and action-packed scene of Gal Gadot trying to get away from a puppy while also trying not to let the puppy out, while Let's, also I, being fully aware of I the think fact that's, that it's a tiny, cute puppy. I think that's a really good idea. Thanks, that's thanks. exactly the kind of hijinks that we want in this time. All right. But eventually, so that kind of hijinks happens, you know, and 
eventually she and Louis Circus both realize that like this puppy is cool. Uh-huh. And then he tells her about that the the mercenaries on the drone weren't wearing their skin the the skin suits and so they're like like something's rotten in the state of Denmark. And so Ted, I I sense <laughs> Uh, it's a great line, by the way. But I sense that there's a twist on the horizon. Yeah. Um, so, at the same time, a mercenary team led by... At first I was thinking Oscar Isaac, but then I wanted it to be older for another reason, and okay. it's Rafe Fiennes, I think. I was thinking You're of him in the like, Hurt Locker. He was great in the Hurt Locker. First, uh, first thought that came to my mind playing an older Oscar Isaac would be F. Murray Abraham. It needs to be like a physical, like the, it's the character Imposing. a lot like Boyd Holbrook in Logan, like a, okay. like a hungry hunter. Sure. sure you know? Sure. And I think, I think F. F. Murs would have a hard he's time a pulling old. that off. Yeah. And so like this guy like sucks and he's like hunting them <laughs> and eventually he clues in on their house because the grid's been off for three days. Uh-huh. Um, and so they send a tech team in to, like, fix it, and then there's an exciting sequence where they have to, like, kind of get the dog somewhere else, and Lewis has to turn the dog, the grid off somewhere else and get the dog there. Right. Like, in the same time as the grid comes back on here, it'll be very exciting. Stakes. And they'll successfully get the dog into a different safe place, but this will attract Rafe's attention, and then... While they're trying to get the dog to a safe place, Gal Gadot will consult with Laura Dern, the leader of her team. Okay. Which turns out to be a bad idea. Because Laura uh-huh. Dern is a bad guy. Oh, no. Oh, no. Ted. And so It's she, Laura Dern, though. How can she be a bad guy? That, this is She's why so great. This, this, Laura Dern can do anything. This is why I cast oh. her in this uh, complicated role. Okay. Okay. And Wait. So, and so do she... Do you think it's possible she was the one who dumped Baron Davis? <laughs> 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 and not the other way around? Wow. <laughs> layers upon layers... To this cake of evil. Man, that, that's really got me thinking, Luke. That's really got me thinking. This is a really good choice, though, Ted, because I think most people would have a really tough time foreseeing that twist, because it's Laura Dern. It's Laura Dern. That's She's really likable. She's got the acting chops to pull off Sinister, but... She but doesn't also, usually have to, so. Exactly. And she also. Wow, she was also previously married to Ben Harper. No way. Man, she's had a lot of high high profile partners. She has some great taste in men. Um, anyway. Well. But anyway. Uh, okay. So, um, so when she, like, goes to Laura Dern's place and she's like, 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 like the barons are, like, doing something even worse and, like, like, the animals aren't bad and, like, the disease isn't real, you know, she thinks. Oh, my God. Um. They just use the grid to keep everybody, to keep track of everybody. Laura Dern is like, 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 bummer. And then, like, Ray Fines, like, walks out from, like, behind, like, I don't know, like a, like a bookcase or something. Oh, no. <laughs> and then also Frank Grillo and Andrea Riseborough come out, too. And then Ted. they're like, bummer. And then they, oh, like, my God. knock. And then, so they knock them out. And then she wakes oh. up, and she's in one of the steel castles. Oh, no. The same one that they attacked earlier. Oh, no. Um, and she's... In the room first with the whole team still, and then they're like, and she's like, like, what the fuck is going on? And she's like, 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 and they're like, 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 we're, you know, we're going to let Baron, Baron Oster explain this. His can, name is Baron Oster. Can it be Baron Davis instead? Actually, let's, yeah. Baron, <laughs> Could we're gonna it be let, played I, by Baron Davis? It's, no, because his name was going to be Baron something, so it's definitely going to be Baron Davis. <laughs> can he be played by Shaq? I, I have, <laughs> sorry, guys. I'm taking this too seriously, except for... 
the puppies part. <laughs> <laughs> so you mean LeBron? He's a better actor. Michael Jordan. Okay, so they take they take an Actually, elevator. Chris Weber. Sorry, go on. No, that's okay. <laughs> All right, so they take an elevator ride up all the way to the top of the steel castle, which yes. is pretty awesome. And then they say, like, the whole team and her, and then they nudge her out and they say, like, all right, like, go meet Baron Davis. <laughs> and so she goes, like, through this, like, kind of nice looking hallway and uh, a kind of white and utopic and looking shiny. kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And she sees, like, a shitload of puppies. Like, oh my <laughs> God. Puppies What's are with a real the puppies, Ted? Yeah, that's, puppies are a key. Puppies are delightful. Um, They're a key. That like literally... are they the cure? So she plays with them for a while because she knows that puppies are cool now, and this is just like like even though it's a stressful situation, you know. I mean, it's puppies, right? Like, what are you gonna do? Yeah. And then Baron Davis arrives, and it is played by Ed Harris. Oh, um, uh, yeah. Kind oh. of like Ed Harris at the end of Snowpiercer. Okay. Okay. Except re- reconsider. How about Ed Sheeran? <laughs> Good idea. My favorite musician and actor. Ted, he could be playing like a little lute in the corner. For once, I disagree. I don't think that's a good idea. I, you know, you may think that you disagree, but actually, we agree. Oh my I god! I was kidding. You were joking the whole time. Um, Damn it, Ted. <laughs> it could be. Um, let's see. What are some other ads? No, it's Ed Harris. It's Ed Harris. It's Ed Harris. They, they Ed Helms. Be only one. Ed Helms. <laughs> Ed- <laughs> <laughs> Ed, oh, Ed Cullen, I guess. Yeah. Ed, Ed Norton. Ooh. Uh, uh, actually, Ed Norton Ed, could pull he, it off. Like, more than the other ads that we've. Been, yeah. Ed, Ed Redmayne. Yeah. Well, Ed Harris is. I think we'll stick with him for for the moment. He's the best of the Eds for this role. And so he explains a lot of things. He says, like, first of all, like, there is a lot of resistance to the Barons, mm-hmm. but your team was never really a resistance team. He says, the thing is, is that the Barons kids, like, we need mercenaries because, like, to work for us because there is resistance. But our kids are too soft and too coddled. Oh. So we have to recruit from the bunker kids. And so Laura Dern was has been leading a team for a long time that does this and so what she does is she um make i don't know makes the personal costs really high and like make them start to doubt their resistance mission and uh-huh. then she met, let like lets them in that the barons have puppies <laughs> and that like as like a symbol of like you can have animals right. but like it's always puppies it's always puppies um, because who doesn't love puppies yeah or just like dogs you know right. um and that always makes them be like, okay, I'll be a mercenary, like because like like because, I can be like a baron and also like above all the puppies, you right? Know? Yeah, I mean, and most importantly, all the puppies and everybody on her team, um, except for her and Michael Shannon, oh. was already bad when they were doing that raid mission. Oh. Um, and they thought that Gal Gadot was ready, which is why they strategically showed her the puppy. Um, now, but Michael Shannon um, was killed in the mission actually by Laura Dern. Because he wasn't supposed to see the puppy, but he did, and they were kind of already going to kill him anyways. That's why I wanted him to be older, like oh, he had man. been, like you know, like he, his, like he his, was his. It was no longer really likely that he was going to turn to the Baron's chance. side. He was you know just what I mean? Simply too good. Yeah. In his heart of hearts. And so, like, Lord, so we'll cut back to the battle, and Laura Dern, like, will execute him. You oh, know, my God. Um, damn, it's dark. Yeah, and so, um, so he says that they're. Uh, and, and Frank Grillo and Andrea Riseborough were already bad. Right. And Frank Grillo was mentored, actually, by Ray Fiennes. 
in his own day. Diabolical. Um, It's diabolical. And so he says, there is no cure for the disease that you were hunting for because there is no disease. There was an apocalypse, but then he and the barons realized that they had to engineer the system to keep all of the best things, including the puppies, for themselves. Oh my god. Um, and the grid, <laughs> and the grid, the which is actually his bar- his castle as the central hub of the grid, is really the key to keeping everybody under control and the lie of the disease. So, Ted. Oh my god. Yep. When, they're, when they do take people away, are they turned? Into puppies? I mean, like <laughs> you said, occasionally someone will come back from being outside and they'll have to be carted off. Is that just their cover for taking turned agents? Um, what they can do is, um, with the grid, selectively apply like radiation poison to anybody that they decide has like come in contact with an animal uh, or just needs to be taken away. Um, uh, they sort of Litvinenko people. Away yeah, and so they, are... they make them really sick so that people believe that the disease exists, but then they just take them away and, and they jail them and, and like gulag them, basically. Or turn them into puppies. So they, they do this Ooh. out of political sp- spite or or Well, they, they want to make, I mean, they, they want to keep the political and economic elites of like, like collateral damage for this sort of totalitarian regime they do it as both like they do it to dissidents and they do it to people who they see encountering animals in the real world just to inspire fear and to maintain this illusion yeah Yeah. but so they use it for both things damn that baron davis is a bad man he's bad and this is a lot of exposition (laughs) which is why it needs to be done by like ed harris you know yeah man um but so then what happens is you know she has the Jarvis AI thing with her, and it um, it communicates with her through like like their headpiece, uh-huh. and she's going to use it as a grenade to escape, oh and which God. will destroy the AI, but they it will help her escape. And so she does this to get out of the room with Baron Davis. And while he was showing her the map of the grid, she saw where the prisons were, and so. Um, you know, then there's like a big action scene, and like she gets she like rescues her brother. Um, and like they basically like begin to like to like like I don't know some somehow they'll have to, they'll blow up the whole steel castle eventually. But Ted, they can't blow up all the steel castle with all the puppies in it. I just I no won't no no let they they that. they I don't have every beat of this last action scene <laughs> planned out. But like the the thrust of it is that like all of the puppies obviously escape. Okay good like, okay good um, thank God. And at the end of it, sort of like. As, like, the structural damage of the castle is in trouble, like, Laura Dern and Gal Gadot will have, like, uh, like a sword fight without their skin suits on top of the castle, like a clifftop sword fight. Oh, my and God. And then Laura Dern will be both stabbed and fall off the cliff, which is, like, oh, the best. That would be it. It's going to be so epic. That's an incredible. So she's going to be she, like, falling falls. through the air with a sword through her body? Yeah. She falls backwards in slow motion. Oh. I mean, ooh, can she, like, can she, like, uh... In her in classic Star Wars form, um, fall in half as she's falling, kind of like Darth Maul. Uh, <laughs> sure, absolutely. We can. I'll tell you what we can, what we'll do is we'll. So she'll be falling, and then on one of the helipads lower to the ground, a helicopter will be trying to take. Oh her. yeah. But, oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is, I just want as many pieces of Laura Dern. That's almost gratuitously. And then like. Well, and then like like she can get like chopped up, and then like her head can land on the ground like all the way at the bottom of the castle. <laughs> 
and then her gun will fall next to her and go pew pew and shoot her in the face <laughs> and blow up her head like and blood will spatter right, I, I in, right in the head, camera i don't think her head should be blown up though because there has to be a then a cut to like 50 years later when everybody is living peacefully together and we uh like pan over to a group of children playing soccer and realize that it's with uh lord and skull <laughs> You're right, so I guess we'll have to take out the pew-pew part. So. <laughs> it's, um, it's not necessary. Or they can, okay, just, so, they can just pew-pew her in a way that doesn't destroy her skull. All right, all right, let me wrap this up, guys. So the dogs all get out, along with all the prisoners. They find, like, a back exit Thank for God. it or something. And then, like, Thank so God. it's like a bunch of prisoners and dogs, like, walking outside of the other side of the mountain that the castle is on. Um, in the huge action scene... Uh, Rafe Fines and his mentee Frank Grillo will both be killed. Um, As they should be. Hell yeah. It, just, it has to happen. Yeah. Um, Ed Harris will lose an eye to a dog. Um, oh, wow. Ted, that's brutal. But survive. Ted. Yeah, I stole Wait, that from a you movie told that, that I Straight up from a Ted. movie that we just saw. <laughs> Is he going to lose an eye to, like, a puppy dog? No, Just it'll be like puppy. like a big Doberman that like claw, like scratch like like paws his eye out. <laughs> okay. Um and Andrea Riseborough will also survive and they will kind of find each other and like plot revenge. So at the end of this movie, like the barons still have like a lot more power than the the bunker residents. Uh-huh. But the grid has been destroyed. Um, so even though a lot of people around the world still might believe in the disease, they're no longer going to be bound to it. Right. And there are all these puppies and people without their skin suits now wandering in the outside who can be like proof that they're missionaries. Yeah. Or they could, you know, be viewed like ostracized if they try to come to a bunker community that doesn't believe that the disease isn't real or stuff. So with with this, uh, multitude of places, the story can go Gal Gadot and Louis Circus and... Buddy, the puppy, Buddy the puppy, take a drone off into an uncertain future. Oh wait! So they they found a new Jarvis. No, Buddy is the puppy. But they take a drone. Off. Oh, they just take one of like the drone helicopters that uh, Ed oh. Baron Davis has. That's sad. <laughs> that Jarvis, Jarvis is dead for good. Yeah, I well, think that Jarvis's it's Jarvis's a brutal story. Spirit could survive. And I guess could be make flying. a new Jarvis. They could be flying Jarvis off. lives on in all of our hearts, I guess. I guess he could, or else he could live on in the drone helicopter that they take. Like, they can be Maybe they can stop at the Bunker City and upload a little bit of Jarvis into the drone helicopter and then fly off towards an uncertain future. They could do that, or else, like, the explosion itself could just, like, imbue Jarvis. <laughs> In, in, like we'll see helicopter. like a little like wire that yeah. you've been watching a that was, like wire. in like the blow and it like like fuses, <laughs> fuses to the helicopter <laughs> and as they fly away they're like it's actually that's somber. also kind of like Captain Marvel's little DVD fusing like thing. <laughs> it fuses with the helicopter and they realize that they're inside their best buddy. Um. Okay. Ted. So thanks for letting me go through all of that. That was a that was that, an that was epic, amazing epic epic story. It the, was an epic story. The amount of like work that went into that is apparent, and uh, the result is fantastic. I really like all your castings, and also one of the things that I really like is the way that at the end, even though like it has been established that the disease isn't real, I like the idea of like large 
percentages of the population still believing in it despite that. Like, I think that's that's an interesting, like, not really philosophical, but like almost a, a statement on, dare I say, religion. Uh, yes. That uh, something has been been. I mean, not to not to get into a religious debate here, but something they're basically a believe on faith and it's been so deeply ingrained in them that this disease is real that they refuse to believe that there is a something more out there for them i think it's also good like place for a sequel to take you know some <laughs> yeah well, i was gonna say definitely too. a franchise opportunity Absolutely. yeah um but uh, exploring actual religion in this world could be really cool too yeah. In, yeah, in future definitely. films. Yeah, you could have fanatics or extremists, you know, religious people think, who are yeah. like, believe all sorts of crazy things. Ed yeah. Harris should definitely be a cult leader in uh, whatever the title of this movie is, too. It's called so, uh, Pitch Hunt. Ted, I, I <laughs> very much respect all of your casting decisions. I think it's wise that you threw out the Ed Sheeran idea. <laughs> But I do think it would be great if Baron Davis had a bit role, except he wasn't named Baron Davis, and there was someone named Baron Davis, but it wasn't him. So, Luke, that's really confusing. No, I mean, the actor and basketball player Baron Davis could have a role in the film. But there would also be a character named Baron Davis. No, we'll, we'll, change that. Baron Davis. we'll change that name back to Baron something else. <laughs> That's not what Luke's asking for, though. Oh, okay. Luke is asking for um, people to be very confused. I I think if you're like that me there's a... always room for a little joke. <laughs> I think we can put that in for sure. You know, I think that's the perfect place to ship this out. All right. Oh man, you get your first ship. I know, I've been waiting to hear these words. Dude, that that like is the the most shipped idea that's ever been pitched. I almost feel like I shouldn't have said it here. You should have saved it. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah, that's now have, our intellectual property. Yeah. It now belongs to <laughs> Yeah, we own to it now. To, to, to pitch, pitch hunt studios. Thanks, pitch sucker. Studios. <laughs> Don't take it personally. It's just show business, Ted. It's show business, Ted. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for having Ted, me thank on, Thank you guys. for joining us. Um, yeah, thank you, Thank Ted. you for listening to my uh, overlong pitch. You outclassed us. It wasn't overlong. Yeah, was thank you better. for handing us all the rights to that idea. Yeah. Yes. That's going to be very thank profitable for Thank you for tacitly signing that away so as you. part of your agreement to be no, on no this com- pod. No comment. You probably should have read that, that waiver that you signed, but I appreciate the fact that you didn't. Now all of your intellectual property belongs to us. So, no, again, fair, thank you. No, no, fair enough. I should have read the waiver. <laughs> Uh, please subscribe um, and where can they find us well you can find us at pitchhunt.org you can email us at info at pitchhunt.org or will at pitchhunt.org jacob at pitchhunt.org or luke at pitchhunt.org we're on some twitter we're on some instagram hey That's we even have a facebook group pitch underscore hunt yeah and please feel free to uh, recommend us to friends, family, review. enemies that you want to torture with long, drawn-out pitches. Anything. And? And, most importantly, we love you. Love you very much. Stay pitchy, my friends. Sleep tight. <laughs>